Welcome to Sundays with Hosanna Fellowship, a ministry of Hosanna International Ministries, bringing you God's Word, His power, and His authority to our community and the world. It is our desire to empower you to bring the good news of Jesus Christ to those around you. Let's listen in to today's message. In the name of Jesus, Father, let this message go forth today. Let them at that altar right now, Lord, not get up until they know that you've done a work. And Father, we'll give you praise in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Let me tell you about years ago. Now what we do is we come to an altar, and we don't do a whole lot at that altar anymore. But there was a time when we'd come to the altar, and we'd stay there for a while. And I'm saying to that little girl right there, she don't need to get up until she's got what God wants to give her. In Jesus' name. So praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Ephesians chapter 2. And we're going to start with about the, uh, the 12th verse in Ephesians chapter 2. The 12th verse. Okay, praise the name of the Lord. Now, she's going to bring it up. You're going to bring it up, Deb? Chapter, huh? Oh, it's up? Now, here, watch this. Everybody say, remember. Remember that you were, at that time, separate from Christ, excluded from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers to the covenant of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. Next one. But now in Christ Jesus, you who formerly were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who made both groups into one and broke down the barrier of the wall, uh, broke down the barrier of the dividing wall. By abolishing, well, I can't see that. By abolishing in his flesh, the enmity, which is the law of commandments contained in ordinance, so that in himself he might make the two into one new man, thus establishing peace. Amen. So what we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about this morning, is establishing the peace of God in our lives. And this, this book of Ephesians is an amazing book. It's an amazing book. And uh, if you'll let God do a work in your life, then you'll see all the promises that he had. Now, I'm going to give you something that the Lord gave me this morning while I was doing this. The devil cannot raise the dead. Hear hear me. The devil cannot raise the dead. Now, he's going to look like in in, uh, Revelation, it's going to look like that he had a fatal, fatal wound that he died, and he came back to life. But the devil can't raise the dead. The devil, the Antichrist is going to give an image made of the, the uh, Antichrist. Uh, he's going to make this image. It's going to be a stone image probably, and it's going to be able to speak, and it's going to be able to breathe, and he's going to do that. Now listen, he's not giving life to that stone. What he's doing is using demonic spirits to look like he's bringing life. The Bible says that he'll, he'll bring fire down from heaven 
Now, he's not going to bring fire down from the throne of grace, that heaven. He's going to bring fire down from the heavenlies that surround the earth. Everybody understand that? So here's the reason why I'm telling you is because the devil cannot raise the dead. If something is going on in your life that is fleshy, we was talking about it this morning, it has never been crucified because only God can raise the dead. So if there's something going on inside of you and you can't seem to get mastered or, or, or get over it or it's always doing something to you, that's because it hasn't been crucified. And if you crucify that thing, the word crucify means that it's going to die. And if it dies, then it's not going to be raised up again. And the reason why it's not going to be raised up again is because only God can raise the dead. So if you say that you've crucified that part of your flesh and you've crucified it to the Lord and it rises up, then you truthfully haven't crucified it at all. Because if you'll crucify it, then it won't raise up again. How many of you understand only God can raise the dead? In 2 Corinthians 5, 17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. The old things have passed away. That means died, crucified. Behold, all things become new. How many of you understand that? So if you have something that is binding you, for instance, this young lady right here is going to stay right there until she prays through and gets what she wants. How often... Have we seen that in church? We do not see that very much anymore in the church. And the reason why we don't see that very much in the church is because we do not teach people how to crucify the flesh. We really don't. And then when we tell people to repent, we're really talking about confession. We're not talking about repent. And so when we tell people, you have to repent, they'll confess with their mouth. But listen, that's not repent. If you repent, you lay that part of your flesh down. You lay it down, and you turn away from it. And then, yeah, God starts to take away that flesh out of your heart. Amen. Now, at one point, he said he's going to take the heart of stone and make it flesh. That's a whole different thing entirely. What he's saying is he's going to take away that stony heart that you got and put feelings down inside of it. But what we're talking about here is if there's some things that are bothering you, for instance, if you can't sleep. There might be a reason for that. There might be a reason you, you suffer from anxiety. There's reasons that you have uh, uh, bursts of anger. There's reason why maybe rage comes out of you and, and does some things. There's reasons why that you still see the things that you see and you can't seem to look away. There's, there's reasons for that. And, and you say, but yeah, but pastor, I'm born again. I know that you're born again, but you haven't crucified that part of your flesh. And if you crucify that part of your flesh, it can't return. You, you didn't get that. Only a few did. It can't return because it's dead. And only God can raise the dead. So, yeah, he, the devil cannot raise the dead. He makes imitations of raising the dead, but he doesn't raise the dead. Only, only Christ can. So if you're suffering, now, and, and, and so I want to I look at verse 12 here. And I'm going to read it from, from mine. It says, remember that, you were at time, remember that you were at that time separate from Christ, excluded from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the word. And I want you to understand this one thing. At one time, you were an alien from God, and so was I. And so when we came to know that Christ is our Savior and we came to receive him, 
as our personal Savior. We're not aliens anymore. Now, I'm going to, here, here's what Jesus said. Jesus said the, the, the commandments of God or the law of God hinges on two commandments. And here's the first commandment. He said this, he said, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy mind, with all thy soul. Isn't that right? And I might have said that just out of order a little bit, but I think you get it. And then he said the second is like unto the first, you shall love your neighbor as you love yourself, right? Well, listen to me. In the middle there is everything. In the middle of the rest of that is everything. And so what we have is that when Christ comes into us and when, when the world becomes dead to us, then when the world becomes dead to us, then what we have is we have God the Father, we have the love of God, and then we have the love for our neighbor. And so what we do is that we start to love the Lord, and then every single thing comes right in the middle of that, like an accordion, okay? And by the way, did anybody here know that Mark, Mark Boatwright plays the accordion? Oh, he does. Now, is he going to play in this church? Probably not. He still likes... Roll out the barrel. No, 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 no. Just, just teasing people. Got him to smile a little bit. But anyway, in that, and, and, and then Jesus said, hangs all the law. And so if you love the Lord your God with all your heart, and you love your neighbor, you're going to keep everything inside. You're not going to be breaking God's laws. And you're not going to be breaking God's laws because you love God. How many of you understand it? You're not going to break the law because the law says not to break it. You're not going to break it because you love the Lord. And so what he said in this, he said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul. Now, he says, then you love your neighbor. How many of you got that? And so then in order from that, I can't covet what you have because Christ doesn't want me to do that. Not because of the law, but because Christ doesn't want me to do that. How many of you understand that? I, I'm, I'm not going to steal from you or murder not because of the law, but because Christ says no. How many of you understand that? So when I came into Christ, I came in and the law then was fulfilled in Christ. And when the law was fulfilled in Christ, then all of a sudden my life says this. It says, it says love the Lord your God with all of your being. And then the next thing is, love your neighbor as yourself. And so if I'm going to love the Lord with all of my being and, the na and my neighbor uh, uh, as myself, then I'm not going to break those other laws. But I'm not going to break those laws because the Mosaic law says don't break them. I'm not going to break them because I'm a follower of Jesus and I love the Lord. How many of you get a hold of that? And so then when I do some things that's not right, then what I can always do is I can always go back on the Lord and fall on the mercies of God. I know. Somebody just walked out on me. You can walk out on me. I don't care because this is truth. And here's the truth. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, and your soul. Everything in your being, love the Lord. And if you will love your neighbor as yourself, then guess what you're going to do? You're going to keep everything that God's told you to keep. Now, in verse 12 of Ephesians chapter 2, here's what it says. He says this. He says, therefore, remember that formerly you, formerly you, that's an amazing thing. And that's in verse 11, formerly you. You're not that way anymore. Hello. You're not that way because you came to the Lord. All right. Then in verse 12, he says, remember that you were at that time separate from Christ, excluded from the commonwealth of Israel. Now, there's something interesting about the commonwealth of Israel, just like in the church today. 
Here's what it is. The commonwealth of Israel was those who were actually looking for the coming of Messiah. No, and there weren't that many. When Jesus came, there weren't that many, but there were some that was looking, and that's called the commonwealth. Now, somebody's going to tell you, no, the commonwealth meant the Pharisee and the Sadducee. Nope, the commonwealth meant those who were looking for the coming of the Lord and truly loved God and understood this, that when, when Jesus Christ came, he was going to be the embodiment of, of, of the triune Godhead, the Father, Son, and the Spirit. He, 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 they knew that. Well, let me tell you what's going on in the church today. There is a true church inside of a church. Because understand this, everybody doesn't walk in sonship. Everybody doesn't walk in sonship. The Bible says this in Romans 8, 14. As many as are being led, being led, present tense, by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God, and everybody doesn't walk in sonship. We just had a family walk out of here. Now, I'm going to tell you why that family walked out, because we prayed for the sick, and we're going to continue to do that. Because, listen to me, we still cast out demons in this church because they're very, very real. How many of you understand that? And we're going to pray deliverance. There's certain things that you cannot compromise with the devil because you want your church to grow. It cannot happen, people. Listen, it's better to be small and walk in the power and the might of the Lord than have thousands and thousands of people and be neutral and lukewarm. How many of you can say amen to that? Listen, because understand this one thing. We know where we came from and where God took us from and where he put us now. And we praise the Lord for that. So the commonwealth is looking for the Lord. He says to the Gentiles before Christ, we was in a desperate situation. We were aliens. We were strangers and we didn't have no hope. You remember when you was in the world and you didn't have any hope? I mean, you just didn't have any hope. I can remember those days with no hope. Can you remember those days? I, I tell you, I, I, some testimonies I don't care to hear. I, I really don't care to hear some testimonies. I, I really don't. Because some people seem to enjoy talking about what they once were. I, I hate that. But I love listening to Pastor Bill Grace's testimony. And he doesn't say it with joy. As a matter of fact, he speaks it with a contrite heart. But I loved that testimony, how God moved in him. And when he moved in him, he changed everything about him. And he once was a stranger and instantly came into the grace of God. And when he came into the grace of God, he went out one man and came back a new man. Listen, Tom Heath has one of the most profound uh, uh, testimonies that I know he said, I left one man and I came back a brand new man. What? He laid some things down. He crucified those things. And as his life went on, he kept on crucifying those things. I still crucify. I'm telling you, I still crucify things in my life. God brings revelation to me and I crucify those things. And, I, and I'm thinking somewhere, Lord, are we ever going to get this thing right? Anybody agree with me on that? I say, Lord, man, you're working with me every day. You deal with me every day. I guess I'm going to be right when I get to be, go, go to glory with, with the Lord. But, but I don't want to be an alien in the house of God. And there's many aliens in the house of God. The Jews had access to God, but the Gentiles didn't. The, the Jews had, had access, but the, but the Gentiles didn't. She's going to bring up Colossians 1, 1, uh, 1. 21, watch this. 
And although you were formerly alienated and hostile in mind, engaged in evil deeds. Can you bring up 22? I didn't give it to you. That's okay. I'll read it. I'll read it. That's fine. And, and what, what all is speaking about is that before we came to the Lord, we were his enemy. We were his enemy. I, I mean, we were, I, I'm, I'm studying this message, and, and I'm looking at this, and I'm saying, you know what? I understand when Paul opposed Peter, and he, he opposed Peter, and he said, what is wrong with you? He said to Peter. He said, at one time when we was bringing the, the, the Gentiles in, you were the first to preach to the Gentile, and God lowered that sheep. And he said, what I have made clean is clean, and now you won't eat with them? He said, religion got in your way, Peter. And you know what? Religion gets in our way. And when you find that religion is in the way and you can't even eat with the person, you got difficulty. How many of you understand that? And so what Peter had to do was get in there with Cornelius because God is going to baptize the, the, uh, the, the, the Gentiles with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And here's what's amazing to me is Peter said, you got to bring them people in. And he said, he said to the Jerusalem council, he said, you got to bring them people in because they were brought to Christ and baptized exactly the same way we were. Exactly the same way we were. And what God did then in the, in the second chapter of the book of Ephesians, he takes one man who is a Jew, and he takes the other man who is a Gentile, and he tears down that barrier, and he brings it uh, uh, two men into one. Listen to what God did when, when, when his son died on the cross. He had no relation with us other than through the prophets. How many of you understand that? But when Jesus Christ dies on the cross and his, his blood is shed and it covers mankind, then all of a sudden that dividing wall is torn down because of the cross because God, Christ himself, nailed all of our sins and our transgressions and our humanity to the cross. And when he did that, it's an interesting thing that the dividing wall was torn down between man and God and now God says this, now I'm not only going to be there, God, but I'm going to reside in them. Is that not totally amazing? And then he tore down the dividing wall between the Jew and the Gentile, and he brought them together and made them one. Isn't that an amazing thing? See, they were alienated, but now all of a sudden they, they get to come in. The, the Gentile gets to come in. And guess what happened to the Gentile when they realized they get to come in? They rejoiced. The Bible says they, when, when the Gentiles, when they said, hey, you, you Gentiles, you get to come in, they rejoiced. That's an amazing thing. The Jew himself wasn't rejoicing, but the Gentile, am I right, Pastor? The Gentile, when he said, oh, that door's open, and they came in, and they rejoiced in the fact that God also covered them by the blood of the Lamb. Now, she's going to bring up verse 13. Bring up uh, 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 Ephesians 2, 13 and 14. But now in Christ Jesus, you who formerly were far off, have been brought near by the blood of Jesus. Watch this next one. For he himself is our peace, who made both groups into one and broke down the barrier of the dividing wall. Isn't that amazing thing? The Jew was near to God. He was near, just like I am near to her. And the Gentile was afar off, just like Tom is back there. You know what the problem was? They both lost. They was both lost. 
The Jew was near, the Gentiles far away. They was both lost. What's that mean? They both needed Savior. They both needed the cleansing blood of Jesus. And so now what's Jesus going to do? He's going to die. The Bible says in Colossians, he says he, he took the certificate of our debt and he took our sins and he nailed it to the cross. Isn't that an amazing thing? So that you and I might be set free, that we might have an abundance, that we don't have to live like we used to. That we get to live in the newness of the Lord. I'm telling you. You get to live in the newness of the Lord. I don't care what happened to you yesterday or even before you come into church. That's over. It's gone. Isn't that amazing? Kneel before the Lord and see what God will do. Kneel before the Lord and see what God will do. And you know what I'm going to have to do? I'm not going to have to go get a calf now or a goat or a lamb and sacrifice it at an altar. Isn't that amazing? No, no. Jesus Christ, the high priest, sacrificed himself for you. And when he sacrificed himself for you, he forgave your sin. He took away your burden. Listen to what he did. He took away everything that wants to bind you. And he's, he brings peace into you. Isn't is that totally amazing? That is an awesome thing, what Christ wants to do. And he says, all I want you to do is bring back to your remembrance, bring back to your remembrance of what you used to be. Say, well, you know what, Pastor? I'm no better. I'm not much better. That's okay. When you say I'm not much better, you're saying I'm better. You know what, Pastor? I'm not much better than what... Well, you're saying you're better. Does that make sense to anybody? So listen to what he says. But now in Christ, you who were far off, Gentile, brought near by the blood of Christ. Not the law, but the blood of Christ. The reason why that book of Galatians is written so that we get an understanding of the justification of the blood of Jesus. He's, asceticism is don't touch, don't taste, don't handle. Asceticism is angel worship. And isn't that amazing? Every time religion gets in the way, don't touch, don't taste, don't handle. Isn't that every time that religion gets in the way? But he, Jesus, is our peace. Christ made, made peace between God and man. Christ made peace between Jew and Gentile. He made both one. And, and you say, but did he make us one? He came to reside in us. Now watch, she's going to bring this up. Colossians 1.27. Did you bring that up? Okay, Colossians 1.27. To whom God willed to make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles. Everybody say Gentile. This mystery among the Gentile, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you, the hope of glory. This mystery was made known unto the Gentiles. Why? Because the Jews had rejected it. The Jews wanted to stay with the law. They didn't, want, they didn't want nothing to do with Messiah because Messiah now is going to bring this thing to completion. He is going to, to, to absolve this thing. What, what Paul, Paul uses, this he's going to abolish. It's an amazing thing uh, uh, that a pastor used this analogy. And he said, the analogy is this way. He said, you want to go to California? Do you want to take a Model T or do you want to take a new car? And, 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 and he said, you want to take a new car? And I told him, I said, you're wrong. And he said, why is that? And I said, because you can only get to God through the Holy Spirit. You can only get to God through the, the, the shed blood of Jesus. It has nothing to do with the Model T. It doesn't have anything to do with the law. 
if you love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, and you love your neighbor as yourself, then you're going to keep everything else. But you're not going to keep it because Moses said to keep it. You're going to keep it because that's what Christ said to do. How many of you got an understanding of that? I'm not, I don't want your stuff. And if I start to covet your stuff, Christ is going to convict my heart. And he's going to say, don't do that. Don't do that. We have adultery and fornication in the churches. We have, I hope it's not going on in here, but we have it in our churches. Why? Because we don't talk about those things. But it, it's not that, that you should not do that. What it is, is if you love the Lord God with all your heart and all your mind and all your soul and you love your neighbor as you love yourself, then you're not going to do those things. How many of you understand that? And if you do do those things, you know what there's going to be? There's going to be a lot of consequence. There's going to be a lot of consequence that takes place. I think sometimes we think because we're saved and we're, we're saints that we, we, we're not going to suffer consequence. Yes, we are. You go and do some things that are stupid and see if you don't break, the, if there's not consequence. I want her to bring up Isaiah 57, 18. Write this one down, 18 and 19. I like this. I have seen his ways, but I will heal him. Wow. I will lead him and restore, restore comfort to him and to his, and to his mourners. What's the next one? I didn't give you 19? Okay, I'll read 19 to you. Creating the praise of his lips, peace, peace to him who is far and to him who is near, says the Lord. And listen to what he says, I will heal him. Some of you need healed today. Some, you're saved, but you need healed. You, you need, hey, listen to me. I, I want you to hear this. You, you can walk out on me. You, you, you can walk out on me if you want to. I'm fine with that. But I am telling you something. When Paul wrote that book of Galatians, he wrote that because they had got off into Gnosticism and they counted that law greater than what they counted the blood of Jesus. And here's what Jesus, and, and, and all Paul said was, you better get back to the cross. And he says to Peter, he says, why in the world did you stop eating with the Gentiles? And why did you start to act like you was better than the Gentiles when God brought all of us together in the same. How many of you understand it? You know what he says? He says this. He said, I'll heal you. He says, I will heal you. How many, you know something, there's so many of us that need to be healed because we still are trying to hold on to something that's not going to suffice. It was the blood of Jesus, the shed blood of Jesus that cleansed you from your sin. I don't care if you keep the law till the day Jesus Christ comes. You will be lost in your sin. How many of you understand that? It is the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ that saved you and you're going to heaven because of that. And you can lay everything down at the feet of Jesus. People, do you understand what I just said here? Because I don't think some of you understand. If you love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your mind and all your soul, and if you love your neighbor as yourself, then you are not going to purposely start to break God's law. How many of you understand? Everybody understand that? But when you do, there is mercy. There is mercy. How many of you understand God gives you mercy? Listen to me. You have mercy in your life. You have grace in your life. You have the peace of Jesus in your life. It's amazing. Now all men can be made complete through Christ Jesus. Bring up uh, Colossians chapter 2, 14, verse 14. Bring that up. This is, I love this. He canceled out the certificate of debt 
consisting of decrees against us, which was hostile to us. And he has taking, taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. Having na- Aren't you glad that he nailed it to the cross? All your sin. You know, you, you know that sin that you committed right before you come to church? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not, well, some of them committed sin before we came to church. But even, even right, do you know he nailed that to the cross? Do you know in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4, that he said you were blameless and holy before the foundation of the world? You know the Bible says that he foreknew you, and not only did he foreknew you, but he predestined you to be conformed into the image of his son. And whom he predestined, he called. And whom he called, he justified. I mean, he, he, he justified. And whom he justified, he, he, he glorified. That's who we are. Everything. Listen, lay it down. Lay it down. Listen, I, I'm going to say, what, what's that song? Give them all. Give them all. Give them all to Jesus. Well, didn't you sing that the other night? Shattered dreams. Broken hearts. Yeah, and Nancy gave me a little note. She said, sing that at my funeral. And I thought, well, I'm going to die first so you can sing it at mine. Give them all. Give everything to Jesus. Let him fill you with the Holy Spirit. Give them all. Some of you right now, I can see that you're kind of broken. Listen, I'm, I'm just wanting to give you peace. That's all. When Christ is your king... Who's that? Was that you, Larry? I thought it was Kathleen, Larry. I, I, yeah, was, <laughs> I was ready to go after Kathleen. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I really thought it was Kathleen. I thought nobody would do that but Kathleen. <laughs> okay, here we go. <laughs> when Christ is your king and your life, you will not want to participate in the world. Listen to this. When Christ is your king and your life, when Christ is the king and your life, I wrote it. When Christ is your king and your life, and your life. Okay, I didn't put a comma in there. Got it now. That's what commas are for, isn't it? Okay. When Christ is your king and your life, you will not want to participate in the world. You want, you'll, you'll love the Lord your God and you'll love your neighbor. And when you do that, it brings all of Christ into fruition. And you won't have to worry about some things. See, because Jesus is our peace. And when Jesus became our peace, then every, everything was settled. Now we have all become complete in the Lord Jesus Christ. And in verse 15, I didn't give you verse 15, but I'm going to go in. By abolishing in his flesh... He crucified the hostility that was between you and God. Now, in Romans chapter 8 and verse 3, it says, What the law could not do, weak as it was, through the flesh, 8, I'm sorry, Romans chapter 8, verse 3. What the law could not do, weak as it was through the flesh, God did, sending his own son in the, ho- in the likeness of sinful flesh as an offering for sin. You see, Jesus condemned sin in the flesh. He brought the two and he made them one. We don't have to walk in sin, people. We can walk in the peace of God. 
God is so real. He is so moving right now. And when he had when that love that he had for us, that he, he, he came down to live in us. And I'm going to quote these scripture verses that I quote almost every time we come together. Colossians 2, 9, and in him, Jesus, all the fullness of deity dwells in bodily form. Now listen to the verse 10. And in him, you have been made complete. You have authority over, you have authority over the enemy over the powers of darkness, over everything that there is. You have that. Listen to me. The greatest weapon against COVID was prayer. And yet we, we, we turn to a vaccine, vaccine that's killing people right now. It's an amazing thing. And, and the, law, the law made it mandatory for different armed, armed forces, soldiers, had to get the vaccination. The law said that nurses and the doctors had to get a vaccination. And there and 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 what's that what's his name? Fucci? Fauci? Fucci, right? Okay, Fauci. But Dr. Fucci, he understood the problems that was with all that, the ramifications it was going to be. You didn't. You didn't know that. But you know, they don't want to get the statistics out that more people have died now from the virus that had COVID. And then some people took the took the took the took the vaccination, and they still got COVID. Listen, you did not commit an evil deed because you took the vaccination. That's not the that's not the mark of the beast, but it is it is showing us how they can line up people through the spirit of fear, and get us to do. Now listen, in the last days, and I'm going to make this a point, and I want you to hear me. In the last days, when Antichrist comes on scene. He's going to have you take a, a mark either in the forehead or on the back of your hand. And you're not going to be able to buy or sell without that mark. And if you refuse that mark, then you're going to die for the cause of the Lord. Now, I'm just one of those people that believe in pre-tribulation pre, pre -tribula, pre rapture. But you know what? I don't know anymore what, what's going on. I look and see it. I, I understand the prophecies, but I see Matthew chapter 24 come to fruition like I've never seen before in all my life. <clears throat> There'll be wars and rumors of wars. There'll be famine, earthquakes in divers places. Divers means many, various places. He said, they're going to say, Christ is over here. Christ is over there. They said, don't go. You don't have to go. You know why you don't have to go? Because Christ is here. He's not over there, and he's not over there. I don't have to run and have Benny Hinn lay hands on me. That same Jesus that he anoints with is in me too. You, you understand this. We don't have to do that. But we know this is happening, that the time of the coming of the Lord is very near. Now, let me show you how near it is. It's at the door. It's at the door. How many of you know that? It's at the door. So when he said it's at hand, it means the hand that clasped the other hand. So what he's saying, it's here. Now, some of you, I know that, that uh, Harold and, and, and Christy back there have a serious prayer request, and they're going after it with everything that they got, and I'm behind them in it. I know that some of you do. I know that you do. I'm going to be praying for you. I, I know 
that there's things that's going on. But listen, here's what I'm saying. The time is short. The devil knows it's short. I was just reading that in Revelation this morning. The devil knows it's short, and he's going to come after you with every single thing that he's got. How many of you understand that? Now listen to what he did. He tore down that dividing wall. He went to the cross, and he nailed that debt that you had. And the debt that you had, you could not pay that debt, and he nailed it to the cross. How many of you understand that? And when he nailed it to the cross, and he dies on the cross, it's an amazing thing. I'm about done, seriously, I'm about done. But in John chapter 19 and verse 30, here's what he says. He's out this way, and he looks and he says, it's finished. It's finished. The Bible said he gave up the ghost. As soon as he gave up the ghost, God stood up and he took that curtain of that holies of holies and he ripped that thing from the top down to the bottom. And the Holy Spirit came out of that place and went to heaven. I'm telling you, I want you to hear me. And when he went to heaven, He's now looking for a temple. And God says to the Holy Spirit, this is mine. You're not going to find it anywhere. But he said, your temple's not quite done yet. But if you remember, Jesus said, he said, tarry ye in Jerusalem until you are endued or clothed with power from on high. And so what Jesus did at the cross when he said it's finished, and God ripped that curtain in two. And the, holy, the holiness of God left his, left his place in there. He went to heaven, and then all of a sudden, this, this church is coming together. They're in the upper room. And when they're in the upper room, there's about 120 of them. And understand this one thing. What God did, he tore down a dividing wall. And he tore down that dividing wall between that Jew and that Gentile, and he's going to make them one. And another thing that Jesus did at that cross he brought that relationship of God the Father right down to those men. And on that day of Pentecost, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, I like the King James, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one accord, and the Holy Ghost came in. And suddenly, suddenly, everybody say suddenly, I hope one day we have a suddenly in here like we've never had before. That there's a baptism of God's Holy Spirit come through this place like we've never seen before. And when God, when he brought his Holy, his Holy Spirit, here's what he said. There's your house. There's your temple. Who? You. And me. Listen, you can lay anything down, crucify it. I don't care if it's drugs. I don't care if it's pornography. I don't care if it's rage. I don't care what it is. Lay it down at the feet of Jesus. Lay it down. Let's stand. Lay it down at the feet of Jesus. Well, it was kind of interesting today. You want to take that? Kind of interesting today. I had people walk out on me. That's okay. I'm still going to preach the same way. I, I don't have a problem with that. I've never been known to be one that tried to be friends with everybody through the word. Because understand something. If you fight the word, you'll find it offensive. 
you'll find the word offensive. You'd be surprised how many people find the baptism of God's Holy Spirit offensive. You'd be surprised of the churches today that find this offensive. But not God. Here's what I'm going to tell you. If you're locked into the law, my friend, it'll judge you at the end. But if Christ Jesus is your personal Savior, quit worrying about the law and serve the Lord. Do you hear me? Quit it. If you will love the Lord your God with all of your being, and you will love your neighbor the same way, then right there in the middle, everything will work out for you. If it wasn't, Jesus would have told us. But he said, these two commandments, all the law hinges on them. How many of you understand that? I'm not trying to preach you out of this church, and I'm not trying to preach you into this church. I'm just letting you know this, that Jesus Christ, our advocate, is the one who goes for us and is the one who fills us. He can take away every single thing that's in your life. But here, my friend, listen to me. If you're born again, and you're going to bring something to this altar, crucify it. That goes for me too. Crucify it. And, and you, you, you bring it up here with the shame that goes along with it. And all of a sudden you let down and God will take the shame away and the reproach and give you peace. So bring it. Whatever it is, bring it. Because God can take care of that. listening to Sundays with Hosanna Fellowship, bringing God's word, his power, and authority to our community and the world. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode. Please consider sharing with others and help us spread the good news of Jesus Christ to the world.